You know, part of what makes Christmas so special is being able to share it with people and share special memories. And for that reason, I'm especially glad that you're here to celebrate Christmas and the birth of our Savior with us. If I haven't met you personally yet, I'm Pastor Justin, and I get the privilege to lead this church. And it's just an absolute honor to have you here with us. I hope that you've had a great start to your holiday season. I hope that uh, you've already got all your Christmas shopping done. I know for some of you, this kind of serves as the unofficial kickoff uh, to Christmas, and some of you, you're to your break time. For others of you, let's be honest, you've been on Christmas break since Halloween. So, uh, but regardless of where you fall in that spectrum, I believe that you're gonna have an extra special Christmas because you decided to join us tonight. Now, I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, I know some of you might have some presents that you're going to be opening and kicking off the celebration, but I do have a Christmas thought that I want to share with you. So we're going to jump right into it, and where we're going to look, if you want to look with me, is in a passage in Scripture, Luke chapter 2. It's kind of a famous Christmas passage. We'll put the words on the screen so everybody can follow along together, but in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they'd hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word. We've been in this series uh, this Christmas season called The Word is Out. And no question about it, Christmas is the message that the word is out. Not just this message that God has sent his son to earth, but the word becoming flesh. God incarnate, the word is out. In fact, John wrote about this in his gospel in John chapter 1 verse 14. He says, the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. So you can't understand Christmas without realizing that the word got out. But the way the word got out is kind of interesting to me. I mean, I've always been fascinated by this story, and I'm not talking about the incarnation, God incarnate. I'm not talking about the immaculate conception. I'm talking about this passage that we read with the shepherds. How did this word get out? Because for all the details that we have about the Christmas story, what we don't have, and again, there's a lot of details. We got details about wise men. We have details about Mary and Joseph. We have details about the census and traveling to Bethlehem and details about Herod and all these things, the star of the sky, even all these other historical details. Sometimes we don't look at in the Christmas story. There's a lot of details. But for all the details that we have, what's fascinating to me is that the Bible doesn't record 
what it was that these shepherds said. Kind of just keeps the narrative short and sweet. And I want to do that with you tonight. I, I want to give you this Christmas reflection. I'm not going to go long. I want to keep a Christmas message short and sweet. Now, because for all the people that we have in the Christmas story, I'm particularly drawn to the shepherds. I want to tell you why. Can you bring up my illustration, whoever has that, with these shepherds? I've always been drawn to the, to the story of the shepherds because as a kid, I had this tradition in my life where we had this nativity, and it was my job to set up the nativity. I've shared about this before, and, and you know, as a kid, my job setting up this nativity was uh, like I would get out the Ninja Turtles and put them there with Jesus and Joseph, because in my mind, like, what better way to greet the Savior of the world than with Raphael and Michelangelo and some pizza? As a kid, that's as good as it gets. But um, it was my job to, to set up this nativity, and it was special to me. I've shared about this before. It's my, my dad's nativity was this, made by this guy in his church, and it was given to him. It's been in our family for a long time. And it's a funny story on this. When I shared about this years ago, my dad heard that message and said, man, I didn't know that meant so much to you. I want to give you that nativity. And so I thought about sharing a story about a $100 bill that belonged to my dad and how much that meant to me <laughs> to see what happens. But... Now, this, this nativity. Now, I've shared this story before, but I, I want to, for the first time ever, for the first time in history, I want to reveal this, this is the nativity. Not the entire nativity. This is, I mean, just a piece of it. This is the shepherd. But this is the actual nativity. It's, it's engraved on the bottom. This is my dad's name. And, and this is the reason that this story is so meaningful to me. Now, I've got to set this up. You think, what's so special about a shepherd. Well, in all this setting up of the nativity, one year, I can't remember when, we lost the staff for the shepherd. And so you might be thinking, well, is it your job to set up the nativity? Is it possible that you lost it? Listen, shut up. <laughs> These details are not important to my story. However, what I do want to tell you is being the young, enterprising young lad that I was, I thought quickly because while I was setting up this nativity and could not find the shepherd's staff that went with the shepherd, I noticed out of the corner of my eye my sister chomping down on some rock candy. I don't know if you remember rock candy. It's kind of like on a stick and it like, looks like crystal. And I want to tell you this, this staff is the exact same staff that my sister was chowing down on. This was before the days of COVID. We didn't care about stuff like that. And uh, I grabbed it, stuck it in there, good as new. You never know the difference. Now, <laughs> obviously, I've got some fond memories around Christmas time, and, and I'm sure you've got your share of memories too. Well, my memory happens to revolve around a candy staff, I'm sure for some of you, your Christmas memories are, are maybe not so sweet. I'm sure that there's some of you that Christmas only serves as a reminder of the people that aren't around the tree this year. Uh, sometimes Christmas can be a reminder of the dream that didn't pan out. Sometimes Christmas is only a reminder of the person that left us, the betrayal that we had to endure, the, the pain that happened, 
in our life. I, I know that Christmas has a lot of different memories for us, and I don't know what Christmas cares you might have carried with you here tonight. Maybe there's been some stress just getting ready for the holiday season. Maybe there's been some pain that you've gone through this season. Maybe there's been some hurts and some disappointments. But I want you to know I've been praying for you, and I've been praying that tonight, that, that maybe God would take that disappointment that you've been dealing with and use tonight as a divine appointment. That's really what I want to talk to you tonight with this message is how God can use something that was lost and actually use it to restore hope. How he can actually take something that seems like it doesn't fit and something that you really wouldn't expect and something that wasn't planned and he can use it to speak to you about his purpose for your life. What's, that's what I want to do. I, I want to talk to you tonight about this candy shepherd staff. Make sure you get it. You got to zoom in on this. You've got to get it for the online crowd. This, this candy shepherd staff. Because what's ironic is if I was going to use a candy staff to put in and fill in for what we lost with the shepherd, there's much better options out there. Like, I mean, it wouldn't have looked like this. You know what I'm saying? This is like, got this round ball at the end. It's not what it would have looked like. If I was going to use a, a candy staff to fill in there for the shepherd, much better option would be this. I mean, this is more like a shepherd's staff. It's got the, the curve. I mean, obviously it's a little too big for that, but you know, I'm, I, this is for visual effect here. The, minus the red and white stripes, okay? But I'm saying that this would be a much better candy staff if I was going to use one. What's fascinating about the candy cane, this candy staff is actually connected to the shepherds. You might not know the story, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. The, the, the story is that tradition has it that they would give kids sugar sticks in services and celebrations and ceremonies. That makes sense to me because we do the same thing in our church. Like, you might have thought those mints out there were, like, to help you have fresh breath. No, for my kids, those are a snack tiding them over till their next meal. <laughs> and so I get, like, this makes sense that they would have given kids sugar sticks to keep them entertained. You know, back then they gave kids sugar sticks. Today we give them iPhones. It's kind of the same idea. <laughs> but they would give them sugar sticks. However, the difference was that they weren't hooked like this. They didn't start out hooked. They were just a straight stick. The, the tradition has it that in, in 1670, there was this choir master who was uh, going, going to be preparing a, a you know, Christmas celebration, and he went to the candy maker, and he requested that the candy maker put a hook on the sugar stick to symbolize the cane for the shepherds, the shepherds who were the first one to respond to God's message. That makes sense. He, he wanted this to be kind of a little memento, a little symbol that would help them remember the Christmas story. Now, I have to be honest with you, that story is more anecdotal than it is historical, but there is a message to this candy cane, and it might not be the message that the shepherds carried, but I, I want to look at that tonight, because we don't know what the shepherds shared when they spread the word. Well, we don't know what their testimony was, but we can perhaps use this candy cane as a testament To what God would want to say to you tonight. 
Because just like the angel said to the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. I want to say, maybe, maybe this would be a sign for you. That God wants to speak to you tonight. So what is it that this signifies? Well, the first thing that this signifies, if we're talking about the shepherd and we're talking about his staff, is this signifies direction. Signifies direction. God wants to guide your life. And this is a reminder, it's a signal, that God wants to direct you. It signifies his direction. The primary purpose of the staff was to lead and guide and direct the sheep. And when you look at this candy cane, which represents the shepherd's staff, it, it's interesting to me how they would have used this to guide the sheep, because they didn't use it like as a barrier. They, they used it as a bump. They, they used it as a little nudge, a little prompting. Recently, I had a friend of mine, just last week, he, he called me up, and he, he, this guy's a new believer, and he called me up and he said, hey, PJ, I've got a problem, and I need your help with this. And I said, sure, tell me what's, what's going on, what's your problem? He said, well, I, I was at Best Buy, and they had PS5s in stock, and I, I bought one because I've been wanting a PS5 for a long time. They had them in stock. I don't know if you know, but these are really hard to get. I was like, that's awesome. You know, what's your problem? You got a two-player game? You need some help? Like, what's, I'm not tracking you. He said, no, I, I, I bought this, but after I bought it, I feel like maybe I'm supposed to do something else with it. Like, I, I feel like maybe, or maybe I'm supposed to give it to somebody. I was like, yes, me, in the name of Jesus. No. So I feel like I'm supposed to give it to somebody. Like, I don't know, do you know somebody who, who need this? Or I was like, I don't know. Like, should I, should I take it back to Best Buy and give the money to the church? I was like, well, First of all, no, don't take it back to Best Buy. Like, if anything, sell it on eBay for resale and give that money to the church because that is economics 101. But I, I said, he's like, I, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. What should I do? I said, well, I, I, frankly, I think if you want it, like, you should keep it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I said, I, I think what you're noticing is this prompting, God's wanting to speak to you about something. That, that little nudge. Said maybe, maybe, you know, if you want to if, if do something with it, I'll, I'll help you find something that you can do with it. And I gave him some options. But I said, bigger than that, I think God is, is dealing with you about generosity. And he's wanting to speak to you about that. And what I want you to, I'm not going to tell you what to do with that because I'm not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. What I want you to know is that this, this nudge that you feel, that's the Holy Spirit. That's how he speaks to you. Now, I know some of you are thinking like, hey, that's, that's great, and I'm glad you're talking about shepherds and sheep, but I'm not a sheep. Well, this is what Scripture says. Scripture says this in Isaiah, that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. See, the truth, truth is, anytime you go your own way, anytime you reject God's way. Scripture calls it that, says you're, you're acting like a sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need to be led. Sheep need direction. The good news is, is that the Bible doesn't just call us 
sheep. It calls Jesus the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And maybe you've had some things in your life that you don't quite understand. Maybe you've had some things in your life that you think are random. Maybe you had some things happen in your life that you wouldn't even connect with God. But, but when I said that word nudge, you're like, that's it. I've just had this, this nudge. That's God leading you. Maybe even tonight, watching online and you're being part of this message, maybe you saw an ad or, or maybe you saw an invite or you received an invite, but I bet you had a nudge. And, and that's, why you're, that's why you're tuning in. So this represents direction, but it also represents protection. Protection. You, you, you probably heard this before. Uh, it's a famous passage, but in Psalm 23, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. And when you get to verse 4, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is protection. You know, sometimes it's hard to appreciate all that God has done for us when it comes to his protection, because <laughs> we don't always see everything that he has saved us from and protected us from. Sometimes even when bad things happen, we, we have a hard time quantifying just how bad it could have been. We, we don't often have moments where we're like, God clearly protected me. Now there are those moments, I've had those moments in my life. There was this one time that our house was shot up, like bang, bang, shot up, like bullets in our house. I'm not making this up. You have no idea what kind of streets I come from. <laughs> That's why I have tattoos. I want people to know I have a past. But. So, but our house was shot up. This is a real story. Three bullets hit our house. I don't think they were aiming at me. But I was, uh, I was standing in front of a window. And what happened, this bullet came towards the window, but it, but it hit the window pane and ricocheted. How many of you are thankful for God's protection? I definitely am. So, so there's moments like that. But protection isn't just the things we point to where like God saved me from that. Protection is the stuff that we can't see. In fact, if you read this psalm, what you notice is God's protection is not to spare you from evil. It's not to spare you from darkness. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I won't fear evil. In other words, protection doesn't just save you from things, it gives you the confidence to walk through hard things. Because you're not alone. So, this signifies direction, it signifies protection, but it also represents inspection. Inspection. The shepherds would use this to inspect the sheep. In fact, there's a parable that Jesus tells of this very thing in the New Testament is found in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is talking about the last days, and he's talking about himself. He, he says in the last days, he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Now, goats, this isn't like greatest of all time. This is like goats. Goats. The, 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 the point isn't that you know, sheep are good and goats are bad. That's not the point of the story. The, the point is, 
he's separating those that belong to him from those that don't. His sheep from the goats. The point he's trying to make is that you can be around the shepherd but not belong to the flock, not be part of his sheep. You, you can be in the same field but not part of the flock. You can be at the game but not part of the team. You, you can be in the Christmas Eve service at Velocity Church but not have a relationship with Christ. You might think, how is that possible? Well, Isaiah, again, he says this. He says, it's your sins that separate you from God. See, even the candy cane shows us that. Your sins. What's interesting, Old Testament times, is that this, this candy cane, it's crooked. It's called a shepherd's crook because it's crooked. It's bent. Even the, the making of the candy cane, they have to twist it to make it. The truth is, all of us are born crooked. All of us have been twisted by sin. But Jesus came so that we didn't have to stay that way. That's the reason he was born. Isaiah, who prophesied about his birth, prophesied about his life, his ministry, and his death, this is what he said about Jesus. He said, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we're healed. You see, it's your sin that separates you from God, but, but just like on this candy cane, the stripes that he took are so you can be made white as snow. In fact, Scripture says this very thing. It says, Isaiah speaking on behalf of God, he says, though your sins are bright red, they'll become white as snow. Though they're dark red, they'll become white as wool. It's a candy cane. I've got to be honest with you. As interesting as it is to connect all these dots about curving this cane and relating it to the shepherd, the truth is, if you look it up in history, most people will say that that story's not true. The reason this is bent, the most historical information we have, is because people would hang it on a tree. Can I tell you, even if this doesn't symbolize the shepherds, it still signifies Christ because he hung on a tree, a tree called a cross for you and for me. He took upon him our sin, our shame, our punishment, so that you could be made right with God from the inside out, pure on the inside. And I don't know where you stand with God tonight. I don't know what brought you here, but I want to tell you this. I want to give you an invitation to accept Jesus as Lord, and I'm not giving you an invitation to join a church, to join a religion. I want to give you an invitation to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and give your life to Him. 
So we're like, yeah, I've, I've been around church before. I've, I've seen that. I've, I see all the connections. I see the candy cane. Can I tell you, I just don't want you to, to see this tonight. I want you to experience a real relationship with Jesus. Scripture says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see how blessed is every person that puts their trust in him. I want to invite you to do that tonight.